Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a finish strong Friday. I was about to say Picks Friday. We're not that far away, by the way, from Picks Friday. What is it, June 10th? So we got July 10th, August 10th, September 10th. Three months from now, I will be making picks on Fridays again. Three months from now, we will be five days a week daily here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a finish strong Friday. You know what that means. Bring it. Absolutely bring it for all of my listeners, for everybody that watches us, because I want to feel good about what I accomplished this week going into the weekend. I want you to do the same. Finish strong with whatever it is you're doing. Actually met uh, a whole family that watches the show or at times listens in the car from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania last night. That was awesome. I believe his name was Gavin, I think. I hope I'm getting that right. Anyway, he was awesome. He just started waving me. I'm like, hey, man, how are you? And we started to talk. I met his mom. It was great. Unfortunately, the dad wasn't there, but... It was awesome, absolutely awesome to get a chance to meet listeners. I love that. If you ever see me anywhere, please say hi. Tell me you listen. I I love meeting people that listen or watch the show. I think it's awesome. I also, oh, I also love DraftKings, especially DraftKings Sportsbook. I also love Greg Cosell and talking about these draft picks, AFC East rendition today. And I love the winners, Bri. I love, love, love the winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Okay, so the spread the word winner, I don't know, Bri, if you can see it on the sheet. Guillaume Bote? Guillaume? Gui? I am not sure. G U I L L. I-A-M-E, Bote, he gave five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. What an easy, by the way, way to win the Spread the Word contest. Awesome, Guillaume. Uh, That's what I'm going with. I might be totally butchering that. I apologize in advance if I am. Sponsor confirmation email winner is Jay Menconi, who sent an awesome email about how much he loves UFOs. He is way, way into the UFOs, um, which he should be because 
They are a life changer. And then the YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL goes to Michael Arnold. So, Michael, let me know who you want me to give the cameo style shout out to. All of you, by the way, Gim, Jay, Michael, you got to email me, Ross at Ross Tucker.com. Let me know either who the shout out's for or if you want to sign press pass or football card or picture or whatever you want. It's big show time. The big show. All right, Greg, let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Almost looks like you're wearing a Buffalo Bills shirt today, Greg. Did you know <laughs> we were doing AFC East and we'd be talking Buffalo Bills? Uh, well, I didn't really know that. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's basically summertime. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm casually dressed as I always am here at NFL Films. Yeah, that's nice, man. I like that you can go in the office and still dress casually. Let's start with their first round pick, Kairi Lam. We talked about this when we did the first round recap, but the only two places on the Bills roster where you're really like, mm, I mean, really the only one, I would say, was corner. I mean, they, they kind of felt like, I think, Greg, with yep. the white injury and losing Wallace, they had to get a corner. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, and I think Elam, look, we know they wanted a corner for this simple reason. The Chiefs had traded up to go to 21, and they took McDuffie from Washington. And then the Bills at 22, um, they had to get a corner because they were concerned that they'd lose a quality corner prospect. So they traded to, to take Kair Elam, who is a really good prospect. He's long, he's athletic, he can run. He played the boundary corner position at Florida. He's played a ton of press man coverage, both physically and mirror match press man. Um, he embraced press man coverage. There's little wasted motion to his movement. I thought Kair Elam was a really, really good prospect. And the other factor, we spoke about this with Derek Stingley when we did our draft shows, is Elam has good ball skills. Is there any negative to him? Because I keep hearing how big he is, how physical he is, how athletic he is. Why was he not thought of as like a top five, top ten guy? Just a consistency thing? Yeah, that that's a great question. I, I always struggle to answer those questions. Look, uh, I thought he was grabby at times in, in man coverage. Maybe that was a concern because you can do more of that, as you know, Ross, covering college football. You can do more of that in college football. Um, at times, he lost contact with contact with the receiver at the top of the route stem. Um, maybe that was a concern. Um, I thought that he was not as good, quite honestly, in off-coverage man and zone as he was in press man. Perhaps that was an issue. So there's certain things that do show up, but overall, I think he was a very strong prospect. You never expect a rookie to be a finished product, regardless of position. There were a lot of people that thought the Bills might take a running back in the first round. I, I didn't really think that. They end up getting one in the second round, and it's a pass-catching back. James Cook, Dalvin's younger brother from Georgia. Yeah, I really love this pick. Um, I think Cook was the best receiving back in this draft. He's also a very, very good runner. He looks like Dalvin. He's just not big enough to be what you'd call a feature or foundation back. But this is a really good team for him. We know that the Bills are not a run-first team. Yes, they did run the ball more toward the end of last season because that's the way games presented. You do need to run the ball at times. Um, but they're not a run-first mentality. That's not their approach. It's a Josh Allen team. 
Um, and the thing about Cook, he's an outstanding receiver, and the critical pieces he can detach from the formation. It would not surprise me to see the Bills this year with Ken Dorsey as their new offensive coordinator incorporate some two back sets, what we call the pony package, two halfbacks, uh, because Cook can split out wide. And if you can dictate a defensive personnel, in other words, keep them in base because you have two backs on the field, they might be able to create some interesting matchups. Next couple picks, uh, they got Terrell Bernard, linebacker from Baylor. Uh, then they got wide receiver Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Then they took a punter. And Matt Ariza. Uh, then they got a corner from Nova, Christian Benford, and the sixth round, a tackle from Virginia Tech, Luke Tenuta, and a linebacker from Clemson, the seventh round, Balin Specter. Yep. Anything noteworthy of any of those guys? I, I, Khalil Shakir was a, a player whose tape I really liked. Now, 70% of his receptions came out of the slot this past year at Boise State. But I think he can line up both in the slot and outside. Um, I really liked his tape. Um, he's got versatility. He's a refined and detailed route runner. He showed separation quickness, great body control and hands. That stood out. Run after catch. And he was extremely competitive. Um, I think he can be a contributor in 11 personnel packages, three wide receivers on the field relatively early in his career. Let's move on to the New England Patriots. I should mention, by the way, I'm sorry. Let's move on, actually, to the Miami Dolphins. But I should mention, for those of you that love this, we do something very similar on the college draft with Emory Hunt. And Emory focuses on the late-round picks and the undrafted free agents. So it really complements what Greg does here very well. Looking at the Miami Dolphins, Greg, with the Tyreek Hill trade, Jalen Waddle trade, no first or second round yeah. picks. So their first pick was in the third round, Channing Tindall, the linebacker from Georgia. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Georgia obviously had three linebackers who came out. Um, we know Quay Walker went in the first round. We know Nicobe Dean went to the Eagles in the third round. Um, I really like Channing Tindall. I thought he was a really intriguing player. Um, they used him quite a bit as an edge pass rusher at Georgia, and he was a very good pass rusher. They also used him as a blitzer. Um, he's 6'2", 230. Uh, I think that he has a really kind of low-cut, compact, athletic frame. I thought there was some explosiveness to his movement. He was compact and coiled. Um, I like this kid. I, it'll be interesting to see how they see him in the context of their defense. Obviously, it's a new staff. Um, but I think Tyndall, the way he was used at Georgia, he was a stack backer with run and hit traits. And he was a pass rusher, both as a second level player and lining him up on the ball on the edge. So I'm very curious to see how he is deployed in the uh, in the Dolphins defense. Taking a look at the rest of their draft in the fourth round, Eric Azukanma, wide receiver from Texas Tech. Seventh round, they took Cameron Good, outside linebacker from California, and Skylar Thompson, the quarterback from Kansas State. Always a little bit – I mean, it's a seventh-round pick, but still a little right. interesting with a new head coach there to take a quarterback like Thompson. What what jumps out to you about any of those guys? I think Azukanma was an interesting guy to me. Big, 6'2", 210, um, 
location versatility within the formation. I thought there was a smooth, fluid feel to his movement. Um, he lined up outside and in the slot. He lined up in the backfield. I'm not going to sit here and suggest that he's Debo Samuel, but obviously we know Mike McDaniel is the new head coach, and Ezukanma does have a background of lining up in the backfield. So just keep that in mind. Again, he's a fourth-round pick, so we don't know what any of that means, but he has done that. And he had really strong run-after-catch traits when he looked like a running back with his competitiveness, his elusiveness, and his contact balance. He gained hard yards run-after-contact. Moving on to the New England Patriots, who had a very interesting draft. Uh, in the first round, they took Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga, the guard. Man, you just don't see an FCS guard go in the first round. That is really something. And then in the second round, Tyquan Thornton, the speed receiver from Baylor, Greg. Yeah, strange. Obviously, they feel he's a day one starter. You know, you can think back to when they drafted someone like Logan Mankins, who uh, was, you know, obviously not a power five school player. And, uh, and he was a day one starter and turned out to have an outstanding career. And if strange is a day one starter, then it, that doesn't matter. I think the, the player that generated the most discussion was Tyquan Thornton uh, as a second-round pick. And as we discussed back when we were doing our draft specials, I really like Tyquan Thornton's tape. Uh, I thought that he was not talked about very much, and I, I never know why that occurs. Um, but I, I really like Thornton. I thought that he was one of the most in intriguing wide receiver prospects in the draft. Great length, speed. Obviously, a rail-thin frame. We'll see if he can gain a few pounds. Um, incredibly explosive vertically. One of the most vertically explosive receivers in this class. Yet, I thought he ran some good routes. I thought he made catches in the middle of the field. I thought he showed competitiveness. He's a South Florida kid, and most South Florida kids have a toughness and grit to them, and I thought Thornton had that. What about the two corners they took back-to-back, -to -back, the Jones brothers, Marcus Jones, or not really brothers, Marcus Jones in the no. third round from Houston, Jack Jones in the fourth round from Arizona State? Yeah, let's, let's just talk Marcus Jones. Uh, I really like Marcus Jones a lot. And, look, we know that Bill Belichick is the kind of coach that plays to his personnel. I mean, obviously, over the last number of years, given the personnel that they've had, they've, plotted, they've played a lot of man coverage. But that doesn't automatically mean that Bill Belichick is a man coverage coach and that's all he's going to play. I saw Marcus Jones in some ways, the way he could be deployed, very similarly to a Tyran Matthew. And again, I'm not comparing apples to apples saying he's Tyran Matthew day one. But Jones played outside, which he probably won't in the NFL at 5'8". But he could certainly play in the slot, which Matthew does. Keep in mind, Matthew's 5'9". Um, and I thought Marcus Jones could be outstanding as a middle hole defender in cover two. And we know Bill Belichick has played cover two. I really like Jones as a very intriguing prospect. Piston-like feet. He can play man coverage he played he played all these positions at, at Houston he played outside he played the slot and he played safety um I want to ask you as well about Pierre Strong and Bailey Zappi in the fourth round a couple of smaller school guys Strong a running back from South Dakota State who was very impressive 
Zappi, who just put up ridiculous numbers um, at Houston Baptist and then last year at Western Kentucky in the fourth round, Greg. I mean, a, a year after taking Mac Jones in the first round. Yeah, and, and you could argue with Zappi that stylistically there are similarities to Mac Jones. I mean, obviously Zappi played in a specific kind of offense, but I think if you really study his tape, which I did, of course, I think you you see a sense that he understood progressions. Uh, he made throws that demanded higher level timing. He had outstanding command of his offense with a detailed and nuanced feel. Uh, and I think that's what Bill Belichick looks for. Um, uh, he does not have a very good arm. Um, you could obviously say that Mac Jones is, is not a power thrower either. Um, but Zappi was an interesting pick because the way he sort of fits with Mac Jones as a backup because stylistically they're somewhat similar. That's interesting. Um, moving on to the New York Jets, who obviously had a very noteworthy draft because they had so many picks. It started, Greg, in the first round with Ahmad Gardner, who we obviously talked a lot about. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I don't really remember off the top of my head what you thought about Garrett Wilson, Greg. Oh, I, I really like Garrett Wilson. He he would have been in my top three receiving prospects in this draft class. Could line up inside, could line up outside. The player he, he somewhat reminded me of was Stephon Diggs. I thought he was very much like that. So uh, they obviously wanted to take a receiver in the first round. They did with Wilson. Um, obviously, Gardner, you know, Gardner can line up and play man coverage. Um, keep in mind that there's been more man coverage in the league. Um, I think that that's people understand that you need to do more of that because there's a lot more quick game and when there's quick game in the NFL, you're not going to get to the quarterback, Ross. So how do you disrupt the pass game with the quick game? You need to disrupt receivers. So you need to play more press man. Gardner's outstanding doing that. He's got tremendous length, very rare length for a corner with his height and his arm length. You know, I remember you really liked Jermaine Johnson to the point where I was uh. a little surprised, Greg, that he didn't go till 26. Love Jermaine Johnson. Um, I actually thought he was worthy of a top 10 kind of pick. Um, and it would not surprise me if he turns out to be as good an edge player as there is in this draft class. Um, and I think they probably felt the same way, which is why they then traded to make sure they got him. Um, but he's physical. He's long. He's athletic. Um, he played the run extremely well. I think he's just scratching the surface as a pass rusher. Talk to me about Brees Hall in the second round and Jeremy Rucker in the third round, Greg. Well, just uh, the player I really like to talk about is Rucker. I think most people know about Brees Hall. Um, he's, he's a foundation back. He can catch the football. He's kind of a complete back. But Rucker, I think, is a player that is going to really be better in the league with experience and coaching than he was in college. He was a big-time tight end recruit coming out of Long Island. Um he was not throwing the ball a lot in college. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and compare him to George Kittle, but people might remember that Kittle only had something like 20 and 22 receptions in, in his last two years at Iowa. And Ruckert, I think, has the ability to be much more than that in the pass game. He's athletic. I think there's some vertical ability to him. I think he can run the seam routes. Um, I would expect him over time to become a really quality tight end. 
I mean, there was only so many footballs to go around at Ohio State. Right. So it's the same deal. I mean, you know, he just didn't get thrown the ball a lot, but the tape shows a really good prospect. Outstanding stuff as always, Greg. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, Ross. Appreciate it. Absolutely love talking Greg Cosell. Love his breakdowns and love Raycon earbuds. I mean, I rode my bike again this morning. I had my Raycon earbuds in, especially their new fitness earbuds, which provide a maximum secure fit. So you'll never have them pop out of your ears again. I'll say this. My older Raycon earbuds, they pretty much never popped out. But these fitness earbuds, it's incredible. They help you take your workout to the next level with the power of premium sound and smart tech. If you ever see me anywhere working out, you will see my Raycon earbuds in nine hours of playtime, 52 hours of battery total, nearly double the battery life of other brands on the market. There's a reason they have over 37,000 five-star reviews. Now is the perfect time to pick up a pair because right now you can get Raycon's fitness earbuds for $20 off at buyraycon.com slash Tucker. And to make the deal even sweeter, my viewers can get an extra 15% off with my code Tucker. So this is a limited time offer. So you want to get in now before it's gone. Code Tucker. What a great Father's Day gift, by the way. Buyraycon.com slash Tucker. That's code Tucker at buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. takes. Hey, good morning. Let's start with the Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. Three-year extension, $75 million guaranteed. All in all, it's five years, $110 million. And Stan Kroenke is opening the wallet again. He absolutely is, Bry. I mean, Cooper Cup had two years left on his contract. Aaron Donald had three years left on his contract. Teams usually don't like to do that. They talk about precedent. They talk about we can't do that. I think the Rams just realized, look, it's our best two players. It's our best defensive player. It's our best offensive player. They're the biggest reason why we win the games that we do. Rather than like talking about precedent, why don't we just lock up and keep our best players happy? $75 million guaranteed is the most for an offensive player, non-quarterback. That is awesome for Cooper Cup. That's his third contract already. He deserves it. He was phenomenal last year in every way. Really, really happy for him. And by the way, Brian, right before we started recording this morning, Hunter Renfro got a two-year, $32 million extension. I think it's $21 million guaranteed, the receiver with the Raiders. So a, uh, a big day for some of the receivers out west with both Cooper Cup and Hunter Renfro getting big new deals. 
Another defendant has been named to the Deshaun Watson lawsuits. This time, it's the Houston Texans. And I think this came as a direct result of the great Jenny Vrentis from the New York Times, who has invested so much time and energy into the Deshaun Watson lawsuits. And she's the one that identified the Texans were hooking him up with a hotel room where he would meet up with a massage therapist. So uh, he believe, uh, you know, Tony Busby believes that the Texans were essentially, I don't know, I don't know what the correct term is, not aiding and abetting, but they were complicit. Uh, complicit. Nice, Bry. While you're on a roll, Bry, how do you say Guillem's first name? Uh, I think you hit it. I think you got it right. Guillem? Yeah, okay. sure. All right. Yeah, complicit. Good, Bry. Good word. Well, speaking of the complicit Texans, they waive injured wide receiver Dason Hamilton and then sign Chad Beebe. Right. So I feel awful for Deshaun Hamilton, former Penn State player. He will go on IR now because I don't think anybody will claim him off of waivers as he suffered yet another injury. He's had a, a rough go of it here recently on the injury front. So that stinks for that young man. Absolutely stinks. I feel awful for him. As for Chad Beebe, yes, that is the son of Don Beebe and the Texans. A different receiver, I feel like, than Deshaun Hamilton. Beebe more of a speed guy, but the Texans realize that Hamilton's not going to be able to play for them this year, and they need another receiver in camp. You know what I needed, Bri? I needed clothing from Express because it's awesome. So you know what I did? I went to Express and I ordered the Brooklyn cloth color block swim shorts, Brooklyn cloth floral swim shorts. Are you sensing a theme here? I got a short sleeve tensile denim shirt. I got a print stretch dress shirt. I got the control hyper stretch shorts. I was telling you guys about crazy easy and convenient to be able to order from Express online, big fan, big fan. Find something for every destination at Express online or in the store. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Takes. Cleveland Browns had their mini camp, but uh, Baker Mayfield, the no-show, they excused him. Right, which makes sense for everyone. He knows he's not going to be playing football for the Cleveland Browns this year. They know he's not. It'd be awkward for him to come back. Now, I think theoretically uh, you can make the argument that maybe he should have come back anyway, try to make things awkward, try to make things more difficult for them, but he doesn't want to do that. I think he realizes at some point in July before training camp he'll be traded to Seattle or Carolina, and it'd be a waste of time and crazy awkward if he reported to Brown's minicamp. So I think everybody kind of wins there. And finally, the biggest news I would say over the past two days, Jack Del Rio. Go. Go. 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think you guys all know that I don't care for commenting on these kind of topics for a number of reasons. Number one is because I feel like people come to the Ross Tucker football podcast or any of our podcasts as an escape, as a reprieve, perhaps, from a lot of the things that are going on in the world. I also feel like anytime you comment on anything of this nature, that it is immediately becomes a, something that's polarizing, which is not what I'm about either. Uh, I'm, I'm about uh, America. I'm about planet Earth and all of us not being divided, but trying to come together. And then also, I just don't follow it very closely. So I, I, I purposely choose to not expend a lot of time and energy on such negativity. And so as a result... Um, I don't really ever feel like I am knowledgeable enough to really talk about these things. And I think that there's a lot that could be learned there about people not talking so much about things they don't know that much about. Jack Del Rio was talking to the media. He called what happened at the Capitol on January 6th a dust-up. He issued a statement later saying that that was insensitive he shouldn't have called it a dust-up, and that's where it is. Now, some people are calling for him to be fired. Some of his players say it didn't bother them, and that's kind of a bad way to end the week. Let's do it this way, okay? Let's give a shout-out to all of you listeners. I hope you have an awesome weekend. I hope you get some good family time. I hope you make it a point to be with your family. I hope you make it a point to tell your loved ones how much they mean to you and how special they are to you. There's never a wrong time to tell someone how you feel about them or to tell them you love them, ever. Never, ever, ever. You know who I love? I love Pizza Boy Brewing for more than one reason. Sporticulture, humanheadnyc.com, steakhousesports.com, Bry, I love Bry, go-bangles.com, and Evergreen Economics. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.